There's beauty in my brokenness I've got true love instead of pain There's freedom though you've captured me I've got joy instead of mourning There's beauty in my brokenness I've got true love instead of pain There's freedom though you've captured me I've got joy instead of mourning You give me joy down deep in my soul Down deep in my soul Down deep in my soul You give me joy Down deep in my soul Down deep in my soul Down deep in my soul There's beauty in my brokenness I've got true love instead of pain there's freedom though you've captured me I've got joy instead of mourning Well, you know, I just wanted the Lord to know that this evening <laughs> Mighty God He does, He gives me joy and I believe that he gives you joy and that you have joy deep down in your soul. Truly, I wanna thank God and thank you for, for joining us uh, in, inside the pages presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m. and on Saturdays at 11 p.m. You can find us on 99.5 FM or KKLA.com. And so we, we thank God for his goodness. We, you know, we believe the Bible is the word of God. There, there's no doubt in my mind. And I don't believe that there's any doubt in your mind that this is the word of God. Not talking about what uh, motion pictures, studios, you know, and the images and different things that they've created, the stuff that they've distorted, you know, to keep from, to make themselves feel good, but we're talking about the unadulterated truth. We're talking about the word of God. And that's what we, we stick to. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful, we are bold, we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. There is no plan B, there is no plan C, there is only the word of God. He's Alpha and he is Omega. And so we're depending and trusting in him for all things, everything. The best way that you can face opposition is by obedience to the word of God, no matter what comes your way, no matter how you might feel about it. Because sometimes we get caught up in our own feelings. 
I know that I, I've been guilty of that. I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to do it my way. I want to say something uh, the way I want to say it, and then I have to step back and say, no, that's that's not the way God wants it done. The way He wants it done is going to benefit me. Is going to give Him glory, and it's going to benefit the other person. It's going to benefit them as well. How can we say? We're children of God, that we, you know, we're saints of God, that we're saints. The Bible calls his people saints. It was when they went to Antioch that they made fun of them and called them Christians, meaning that they were Christ-like. We can see uh, some characteristics you walking around talking about Jesus, you know, so we're going to call you Christians. But the Bible, and you won't find it in other places except where they did it there and Peter mentions it and says, if anyone makes fun of you, I'll call you Christian, you know, then, you know, and tells them how to act. But throughout the word of God, he refers to his people as saints. And so if we are saints and we're looking to help others, to usher others into God's plan of salvation, by believing on him, he that believeth in me and is baptized. Uh, and, and so God's plan is to believe on him, to diligently seek him. And in doing that, we repent of our sins, our transgressions. We are baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sin. You'll find that in Acts 2.38. Uh, and that is the interpretation of what is uh, Matthew's 24. 28 and 19, where he says, go and baptizing them in the name, name, N-A-M-E, of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Well, those are titles. Those are not names. And so uh, in Luke, you'll find that in Luke, Jesus told them that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. And that's what they went forth doing, baptizing in the name of Jesus. For the remission of sin. That's what baptism is for, remission of sin. It is not a celebration. It is not a public confession that I accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. No, it is for remission of sin. That's what baptism is for. And so um, if we're encouraging others to do that, that means that we have to be vessels of honor. It's not vessels of dishonor. And so we have to govern ourselves according to the word of God. And so we're going to go on and go forward into the into the Bible study this evening. I just want to remind you that songs uh, that are of the artists that may be played are, uh, you know, it's responsible. Um, it is the uh, possession of the producers and the artists, you know, just to remind you of that is important, you know, because we believe in obeying the law. And, and so just want to remind you and make now my voice is not for sale. I don't think anybody will want to buy my voice, but <laughs> but certainly I I want to give God glory and honor and you know and let him know how much I appreciate him. And so with what voices I do have, I'm using it for him and for that purpose. Again, thank you for joining the online service of, of the Cornerstone of Grace. If you're looking for a church home, growth, and ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. Now, 
we're in the book of Genesis. Don't know if we'll complete the book of Genesis, but tonight we're in the book of Genesis. And as I look around, I see that, that there are so many things that, that are happening in the world. So many things that are pointing to the coming of our Lord and Savior. So many things that uh, the Bible is fulfilling. And so if someone ever tell you that the Bible is old and outdated, remind them, let them know that, that what they saw in the Old Testament, what they confirmed and talked about in the New Testament has not completely fulfilled itself yet. And so the fulfillment of God's word is yet in motion. We're in the book of Genesis touching what is referred to as the law of particularization. We're dealing with, uh, we're moving from the general to the particulars. We're talking about the universe, earth, man, and spirit. If you haven't thought about it lately, I want to remind you that we are, uh, we, the trichotomy of man is, is body, soul, and spirit. And parallel to us, or all around us, I should say, is a whole world. There's a whole world that you don't see, things that are going on all around us. And I'm not talking about that little spooky stuff of, in the movies where, you know, ghosts are walking around and, you know, I'm talking about angelic beings. I'm talking about God's presence. I'm talking about the citizens of the kingdom of God. The Bible said we are encamped about with a great cloud of witness. And so there are some visitations and loved ones that have went on that were faithful to God that are make up the train of God. As Isaiah said, I, in the day, in the year that King Uzzah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. That would have only been those that were sanctified. And God has called us to sanctification. We're touching the creation and the principal person who is uh, the cause of all things and the designing mind behind everything. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and grace. We thank you for your mercy, for allowing us to stand in this place. Lord, each one that has, that has gathered and those that are gathering together, Lord God, to partake of your word this evening ask that you would bless them, Lord God, as they hear your word, as they receive it, Lord God, and most of all, apply it. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name, amen. We're in the eighth chapter of Acts. We'll start at the first verse, and, and if we don't get through the entire chapter, um, certainly you should read the, the entire chapter on your own time. It's not going to take you hours to do it, and so you shouldn't mind that. Uh, but beginning at the first verse, in the, the Bible said, and God remembered Noah. He remembered Noah. God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters ascend. So if you remember, the, the earth was, was flooded the earth was flooded because of the hardness of man's heart because man did not want to obey what god had to say they had their own opinion 
And God didn't tell them that they were opinion, um, that they couldn't have their own opinion. Uh, they had their own opinion. But Noah, uh, the Bible tells us, and the Lord said unto Noah, come thou, come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. And that's uh, Genesis 7 and 1. What does God see about you in this generation? You know, we have all these different generations, the Z generation, the, you know, the baby boomers and all these, you know, different names that has categorized. What does God see about you? What does he see about you? Do he see that you're righteous? Not based upon your righteousness, because if it's left up to us, we all, all of us is all right. I'm all right. We all all right in our own eyes. But what about God? What does he see about you? What does he see about you when you're by yourself? There ain't nobody else around. What does he see about you when, when certain times of the month hit you and, you and you feeling, you know, for those that are married and those that are not married, you feel in a certain way, you know, and, and so... I remember I was talking to was, was was ministering in Los Angeles one time and uh, uh, some years ago, and a brother said he was upset with me at the end of the service. It was pretty bold to tell me that at the end of the service. I guess that he repented and felt felt better and was I, I don't know because I talked about the fact that you cannot be with your wife, being intimate with your wife, and thinking about another woman. You can't do that. That that's adultery. The Bible says if a man looks at a woman, and, and you could be committing adultery in your own in your mind, lusting and carrying on. What does God see about you? What does He see about you? You could be, uh, you know, single. What does He see about you when that craving comes? Do you control the craving that hits you physically? There's nothing wrong with that. It's normal for you to have cravings. God made you that way, but what do you do with it? What do you do? What does God see about you? When he comes, when he comes, what will he find you doing? What will he find you saying or thinking? And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that were, that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters a sage. Now God remember, it doesn't mean that, it doesn't imply that he had a lapse in memory, that he forgot about Noah in the ark. But in appointed time, an appointment, his will, something that was, already thought of that on that that everything obeyed God except men. Everything obeyed God except the falling angels, the angelic beings that were uh, swept, a third of them was swept out of the kingdom uh, following Lucifer, who was also cast out. And, and so a uh, he remembered, he remembered Noah. And sometimes it seemed like God may have forgotten about you. 
sometimes it feel that way because you may have uh, the situation that you wanted to change is still the same. The burden that you felt was not lifted. The desire that you had and prayed about has not manifested itself. And so you may feel that God has forgotten about you. But that's not so. He's not and hasn't and never will forget about you. I, I tell you with complete assurance that God has not forgotten about anything that lines up with his will. Now, I need you to highlight that, underline that, think about that, meditate on that, because many pray, make declarations that what they're thinking about and what they're asking God for lines up with his will. And that is not so. Now, the reason I said many, and I don't use that often, is because the population has expanded. There's more people on the earth, and the Bible said few there be saved, so that means the majority of people are going about doing things their way. And the few could be millions based upon what God has calculated. Knowing the beginning from the end, he said few there be saved. And so you have to strive to make it in. You want to line up with his will. So you want to make sure you are and the requests that you make lines up with his will. Now, God does not force his will on anyone. He doesn't force his will on, on no one. You, you won't find any place in the scripture where God forces his will upon an individual. And he can give you many reasons why you should follow what he is saying. He can give you plenty of examples. But he does, he leaves it as a choice for us to make. And so you want to make sure that you line up with his will and that your prayer lines up with his will. And he's not forgotten about his will. That's something we can we can talk to him about. Lord, your will is that I would prosper and be in health, even as my soul prospers. See, that's complete, lined up with his will. Uh, many just say, you know, Lord, you would that I would prosper and be in health, uh, but they they leave off as my soul prosper, which deals with sanctification. To line up with this will requires questions. You need to ask the right question. So you need that's what the minister is for. That's what the pastor is for. That's the point of making appointments with the pastor. Pastor, I need to talk with you. I need to talk with you about some questions I have in maintaining God's will. I want to walk in obedience to his will. I need to get an understanding. The Bible tells us in all our getting, get an understanding. Many hear the word of God, but they don't have an understanding of it. Uh, let me not use the word many. Some, uh, let's use many. Many hear the word of God and don't have an understanding. They don't ask for one. People sit in church for years and without asking questions. They might uh, squawk among themselves. They might talk a little bit among themselves. They might chatter every now and then, but do they ask the question or do they hold back? You need to ask the questions. 
Just like in class, you need to ask questions about what you're learning. Even if you think you already know, ask it. Ask it. Ask the question. Confirm what you know. Make sure that you know it. Get an understanding. And then you need wisdom to how to apply. Uh, people are walking around with knowledge, but they don't have wisdom. We need wisdom. And in your, uh, your field, your expertise, you need wisdom. You certainly, as a carpenter, you're not going to take a hammer uh, to, to cut wood. That, that wouldn't be smart. You, you know how to use the hammer, but you're not using it wisely. And you wouldn't take a Phillip head screwdriver, a flathead screwdriver, and, and use it on a Phillip head screw. You use a Phillip head. You use the right side, the one that fits that particular size. And so we need to use wisdom and, and, and what we have and what we are obtaining. The Bible said, Noah and every living thing and the cattle and the ark with him. God remembered them. The flood was 40 days. Waters increased, greatly covering the earth. The water level was was high enough to not only cover the mountains then, but to reshape the, the landscape and humanity. The fountains, verse two, the fountains also of the deep and the waters of heaven were stopped and the rain from heaven was restrained. The water, so the water underneath the heavens stopped. The water that, that where, you know, the earth is covered mostly with water. And, and so the water had, had stopped rising and the water that was coming uh, down from heaven had been restrained and stopped raining. Now, water is the only eternal substance that we ingest here on earth. I, I have a 52-ounce bottle of uh, crystal geyser water here in front of me that I've been drinking. And what I'm drinking is an eternal substance, water. Uh, the, the food that you eat is not an eternal substance. The water is. The body that you are in right now is from the ground, from the earth. Usually if you open a, a, a casket, if you open, if you've been exposed to that, you've seen it maybe because of an animal or something. It becomes leathery, goes back, it dries up and goes back from whence it came to earth. And it will be that way until it is changed by God and this mortal puts on immortality. Okay. But as of right now, water is the only eternal substance that we ingest here on earth. And so uh, the water was coming up, the water was coming down, and it was it was overwhelming. It had overwhelmed the earth. And the waters returned from off the earth continually, verse 3, and ended, and after the end of the 150 days, the water abated. And the ark rested in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month upon mountains of Iraq. Now, that particular mountain is in Turkey, and it's about 16,854, uh, the elevation of it. It's up there. 
it's up there. And so I don't know if that is from, if it has grown to that size because of volcanic eruptions or anything of that nature. But one thing for sure is that the Bible said that all the mountains was covered. All the mountains was covered. And so uh, whatever happened during the flood, as far as the, uh, the resources, it was enough to cover the mountain. It was enough. All this time, Noah, Miss Noah, their son, Sham, Ham, and, and Japheth with their wives were inside the ark. They had to build the ark prior, maintain their existence while during that time and in the ark. They had to feed thousands of animals that was in the ark. They had to keep the ark sanctified. They had to keep it free from sin and shame. They had to clean up the waste or dispose of the waste of humans and animals in the ark. There was some mess in the ark, yes. And so uh, as ministers, as ministers, as in this present day, we're ministering and telling people to get into the ark of safety. And during this time between now and until God calls us home, there's going to be some mess that has to be clean. There's going to be aftermath issues that to be dealt with. There's going to be accidental and self-inflicted wounds that has to be uh, bandaged up. There's going to be uh, multiple births that are between this time and then. And so be ready. Someone on the ark had to do the job. Someone had to do it. And it was only eight of them on the ark. And so you know that they all had to be busy in maintaining what needed to be done. Verse six, and it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark, which he had made. And he sent forth a raven, which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from off the earth. And he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her feet, and she returned unto, uh, unto him into the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her in. He stayed yet another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark, and the dove came into him in the evening, low in her mouth, this time there was an olive leaf uh, that was plucked off. So Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. Things were drying up. And he stayed yet another seven days and sent forth the dove, which returned not again anymore. It's interesting uh, because I remember uh, a year or so ago when the... Um, as people were being told, okay, public safety is, is high, but you're, you're free to move about, you know, instead of stay at home where a global um, 
pandemic, not just that was not the first one and there's more to come because the Bible said there would be pestilence and, and different things before his return. And, and so my daughter had said, well, Noah didn't just run outside the ark when, when he thought it was, was fine. He sent out a dove. Let's make sure that it's fine. And so we need to use common sense. We need to use common sense. If something does not make sense, then it is nonsense. If it doesn't make sense, it's nonsense. He opened the window to make an observation of his surroundings. He tested the environment with the raven. He tested the conditions with the dove. You need to test the conditions. Don't try to force the conditions. You need to test the conditions. He sent out a raven, which is different from a dove, different characteristics. You need to test the conditions. You need to test the conditions of people that you associate with, uh, with those that when someone is upset about something. You know, I was watching a movie and, and this lady was upset and, and the gentleman grabbed her by her arm. I think it was his they had some kind of relationship. He grabbed her by the arm and she was, uh, swore at him to let go of her. You got to test the conditions. In all situations, test things out. See if the conditions are right instead of making an assumption and calling it an act of faith. People do things and they, they want to call it an act of faith. Everything is not faith. Just like everything that's painted gold is not really gold. Some things are just that, common sense. You don't have to pray about it. You don't have to pray to use common sense. You know that iron is hot. You just finished using it, ironing your pants, shirt, dress, whatever. You know it's hot. You don't have to pray, Lord, let me know if this iron is hot. You hold your hand next to it. You, you touch the clothes that you just finished ironing. Common sense, the stove was just on. You can feel the warmth as you walk by. You know not to touch it. He that sits on a red hot stove will rise very fast. It's common sense not to do those things. You don't have to ask your neighbor because it's just common sense. James speaks about common sense in the third chapter of his epistle. About the 15th verse, he said, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruit without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Let's use some common sense. Common sense is good. Common sense is sound judgment when dealing with practical matters. A lack of common sense is obvious when there is a continuance to believe or do something when there is evidence that suggests you should be doing something different. You may have heard this phrase uh, that uh, let, you know, people will say, well, let them bump their head a few times. Let them let them keep making a mistake and you hope they get it. 
But, you know, I've seen where people have not gotten it. Uh, They bump their head, but they still keep doing the same thing. They they also talk about the school of hard knocks, uh, that you get a a certificate from of of hindsight 2020. And you're always going to have hindsight 2020 when, you know, because you're going to look and see that you could have done something better. But I'm sorry to say that there are those who are failing the course. They're in the school of hard knocks and they're still failing the course. They're not getting it. Noah, I believe Noah practiced common sense and at the same time looked for God's wisdom and understanding. He certainly knew enough to be a friend of God. Up to Noah's time, uh, Bible students, those that are listening, how many preachers do you know of? How many preachers do you know of? From Adam, Adam then had a son, Seth, Seth had a son, Enoch, and uh, Enoch, and then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Uh, but the Bible also identifies that there were two preachers that I'm aware of uh, up to the time of the flood. Not both simultaneously, but there was two preachers that was that was proclaiming the word of God. I'm, I'm going to go on while you think about that. Common sense says go to school and learn the lesson. Maintain a good rapport by fulfilling the obligations of your employment, paying your bills on time. Being you made a vow to, to to someone, you told him how how handsome he was, and that you, and you know, and you told her how you felt about her, and, and so you're you're you practicing common sense by keeping the vows. You know, people talk about that that uh, people grow apart. You how can you grow apart if you walk in holding each other's hand? Now, how can you grow apart if you are as one? that you're cleaving to one another. I don't think you can grow apart if you are together, but when you start to separate, then things, it brings about change. Common sense tell us not to separate. Common sense says don't overextend yourself. Run up the credit bills. Oh, I got a, uh, my card is 500, so I'm going to max it out at 500. Why would you do that? It tells us to overcome evil by doing good. That is how you change bad to bad credit to good credit. That's how you change a bad name into a good name, by doing good. Do what is right instead of doing what is questionable. Yes, there. Were, I said two, but you, you didn't give me a name. Someone answered and said two, but I don't have a name to identify who those two was. Was that, was that uh, Methuselah that, was, that you're talking about? Who, who are you talking about? Going on a little further here, the 13th verse. And it came to pass as the 600, the first year, in the first month, the day, the first day of the month, the waters were dried up from off the earth and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked and behold, the face of the ground was dry. 
Now, God did a quick work because he sent a wind. He sent a wind that, that dried it up. He knew exactly what he was doing. And this whole time that he was in the ark, prior to the ark and Noah obeying him and building the ark, you know, we see different pictures of the ark, um, you know, through uh, through commercials, TV, and drawings and different things. And, and, and I still don't know what the ark looked like. We'll probably never know what it truly looked like. But, you know, and I've seen pictures of, of it from afar, from a distance from where they said they've taken uh, images of it from airplanes and different things. We'll never know what it truly looked like. And by the time the Lord comes, whenever he comes is what I mean. And we're not going to be hardly thinking about the ark at that moment. You know, people say, when I when I see God, I'm going to I'm going to. Um, I'm going to run up to him and, and talk and tell him about, you know, and ask him what, I don't know if you're really going to do all of that. I don't know, because when I read in the scripture, there's so much else that's going on. And I don't read of anyone else doing that in his presence. Let's see. No. Up. Uh, between the time we, as we read the genealogy of Adam up to Noah entering the ark, who were the two preachers? And so God said unto Noah, go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife, and thy sons and thy sons' wives with thee. Now, Noah, it's time to leave the ark. I got you, man. I got you. I've been had you all this time. I got you. And so they leave the ark, bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of all flesh, both of the fowl and of the cattle and of every creepy thing that creepeth on the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth and his sons and his wives and his son's wives with him and every beast, every creepy thing and every fowl of the air that creepeth on, on the earth after his kind went forth out of the ark. There was a relationship. There was a secret shared among friends. There was survival instructions given and then a fulfillment of pending judgment. During this entire time, Noah's logical discretion outweighed his emotional response to what people may have been saying. He didn't ignore what God's warning was because people were talking about him and making fun of him and and different things, you know, I, I recall, and I won't use their name there, there, there was a celebrity uh, some years ago, a female singer, and uh, she grew up singing gospel. And people began to talk about her and said she was a goody too sure and she didn't know nothing else. And, and, you know, and that she's never been involved with outside of God's will, quote unquote. And, and so she decided that she was going to step outside of God's will so that she could have a testimony that she had been in sin and God brought her back. That was foolish. 
the greatest testimony is that you've been kept by the power of God. Holy Ghost, bless your name, Jesus. That is the greatest testimony. The greatest testimony is not that I've been in sin. That's a shameful thing. The greatest testimony is not that I, uh, that I back, that I was once saved after I realized that I was in a terrible state, that I got saved and then I backslid and, you know, and, and now here I am back again. That is not, uh, that, that's not the testimony that, you want the testimony that God saved me and I did not turn myself away from him. That's a testimony. That is a fantastic, that is an awesome testimony to have that I have been kept by the power of God. In Jude's doxology, or the doxology of Jude, he says, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, power, both now and forevermore. That is a testimony. That's a testimony. Noah held on to the fact that God was able to keep him even while others doubted, others claimed that uh, going to do you, going to build that, that boat that you're building and Mrs. Noah and all them and all that they had to deal with during that time. They thought it was a myth. Mythbusters can't prove this to be incorrect. They thought Noah was, was, was spitting platitudes and fairy tales and they continued to do as they pleased. Matthews 24, 38, 39 says, for as in the days of Noah before the flood, they were eating and drinking. Now this is Jesus telling his disciples and those that were listening that uh, just like in Noah's time, so it's going to be, and it is in our time. The time that we live in is worse than the time of the days of where there's violence, corruption uh, upon the earth, as the Bible describes it. There's more people today. The love of many has waxed cold. There's more people. Sin has grown. There's more people. For as in the days of Noah before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And when Noah entered into that ark and the Lord shut him in, that's what the Bible said, the Lord shut him in. They still continued to get their groove on. They still, they still continued to party and do all that they wanted to do. They dropped it like it was hot. They did all. They got lit. They tilted. They shook it. They did all that they wanted to do. And they didn't know what was transpiring. The Bible said they did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also shall the coming of the son of man be. 
The majority, the masses, everyone except eight people believe God. Eight people believed him. The majority of the masses did not believe and God responded to their belief. He responded, I got you. I understand, I know what's going on, it's okay. I'm gonna protect you, I'm gonna do something for you. Get in this ark. You ought to hear what God is saying today. The, the message hasn't changed. As you read from Genesis to Revelation, the message has not changed. It hasn't changed. And when Noah came out, he built an altar and, and there he, he worshiped the Lord and, and made sacrifices unto the Lord and, and the Lord received it. He received it. We're making sacrifices now. We're presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. We're presenting ourselves as a sweet smelling savior unto him right now. The Bible says some man's sins go before them. We're dealing with the issues of our lives right now. And there are some man's sins who come up after them. You don't wanna be standing in God's presence and, and claiming to be righteous and, and here it is behind you is a backpack full of mess. No, 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 deal with it now. And the only way you can deal with it is in his house. The Lord said, "My God said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And he said, judgment begins in my house, not your house, not your apartment, not your condo, not your, you know, your, your, your mansion. It, it begins in his house, church, church. There's a need where God has established. Men have already smeared it and watered it down through the process of, you know, there are some things that get, that is revealed. It's some things that has been revealed that um, since the stay at home, people have gotten comfortable that I'm gonna stay at home. God never said that because there's a pestilence, which is a signs that he will allow to come that it's okay to take to stay at home now. Well, the government said it. The government doesn't govern God. His word is what is governing everything. His word is what's governing everything. And we need to obey his word. We need to obey his word. Yes. There are protocols and different things. God has respect to many things, but he respects his word above everything. Uh, the psalmist says that his word is, is lifted up high above his name. And we know that the name of Jesus is a name given among men whereby we must be saved. There's no other name under heaven to be saved by. And that name is temporary. Mm. That name is temporary. You need to understand that. You didn't get that at home. You got that from me, from Pastor Carl Henderson, who was standing in the church during the broadcast. In answer to the question from the scripture, the Bible said that, well, I'll, I'll read it, but if you look at Jude, in the book of Jude, The Bible gives us the answer to the question that was asked. We know that Noah was a preacher of righteousness and that he proclaimed the word of God, telling the people that judgment was coming. Get ready, get prepare yourselves, get into the ark. And they laughed him. They didn't believe him. 
prior to Noah, the Bible tells us in Jude about the 14th and 15th, and Enoch, also the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these sins, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Enoch, the Bible tells us that in, the, in Genesis, Enoch walked with God and he was not because God took him, but prior to God taking him, he proclaimed that. He proclaimed the word of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you for your word this evening. Thank you for an opportunity, Lord God, that you have given us to hear your word, to receive your word, to apply your word in our lives. Lord God, we thank you for blessing us. Lord Jesus, and we don't take it lightly. Lord God, we just want to let you know that we acknowledge you. We acknowledge you as being sovereign. We acknowledge you, Lord God, for this time that you have given us on this second day of, of November 2022, Lord God, and that it is written and goes into history, Lord God, your history. We know that that you have records for your word says the books were open, Lord God. And so we thank you, Lord, for this moment. We thank you, Lord God, for Blessing us, help us to live saved and according to thy will. In Jesus' name, amen. Certainly, we thank and praise God for, again, for you joining us. If you're looking for a church home, join us at 524 East Pasadena Street, Pomona, California. Praise and worship on Sundays begin at 9 a.m. And I want to also to let you know the Lord is blessed where uh, we have I have written some inspirational reading. Um, the first one is The Watchmen, Lions and Bob Wire, dealing with some of the things that, and struggles that we, that we sometimes encounter. And, you know, you can find yourself wrapped, tied, and tangled in some things. And then there is, you know, the, the fact that Bob Wire and what it does, but God also provides a way out. And the second book that is being released in a couple of weeks here in November is The Lost But Found. It is The Lost But Found. Both books are inspired by um, not a bunch of references of other people, but the word of God and personal experience of what God has done and what he is doing. And so this is one or two or three uh, that are being released this year, one that has been released and the second to be released coming up and then the third one to be released before the end of the year. One that I'm really going to encourage everyone to read is that because it deals with the coming of Christ. It deals with the sixth day and it deals with the seventh day. If you have not heard about the sixth day, if you've not heard about the seventh day, and certainly when this release, that third release comes up, you're going to want that. But in the meantime, uh, Lion and Barbed Wires is a, a quick and easy read, something to encourage your heart and to share with others. And, the, and then the lost but found. Again, these are 
very powerful writings written from the word of God as well as life experience. And, and so it's, it's much to be gained. All the support goes to the, for the ministry, the work of the ministry. And so I want to say thank you in advance uh, because uh, for your support, those that are have made purchases already, thank you. And those that will be, thank you again in advance. Continue to pray for me as I am praying for you, as I am praying with you in Jesus' name. Uh, tell somebody else about the broadcast. Share the word of God. Don't hold back the good thing of what God is doing. You know, this is a good and great work that is being carried out. And so, as I said at the beginning of the broadcast, this is the unadulterated truth, not sugar-coated. It is not watered down in any way. And so, uh, share the gospel with someone. Share the word of God with someone. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You ought to just tell him thank you. Give him glory. Give him honor until that's due unto him. You might be turning in for the night. You might be starting your day. But you ought to tell him thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for your kindness. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. Lord Jesus, we just want to honor you, Father. Lord God, as we close out this particular broadcast, Lord God, Lord Jesus, we just bless your name, Savior. Lord God, and we ask that you would continue, Lord God, to, uh, to bless us, to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto you. In Jesus' name, amen.